Good Friday night, sinners. It's Lisa, of course. Um, so today is Friday, April 3rd. Can't afford to smoke joints. So I'm doing it old school. B-O-N-G. Um, so today, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, self-care. I've been getting a lot of questions about <coughs> about self-care, about teenagers dealing with anxiety. I'm not a trained therapist. I have no education. I only have my life experience and then just the knowledge that I've gained from living in the Niagara region. Um, so I know what services are available. But by no means am I some kind of guru. But I do have some good coping mechanisms that I, that work for me, and I'm going to share them with you. Wine. Um, drinking wine. Um, the reason why I'm talking about that shit today is it's a little, it's not very fun. It's not funny. Um, but next week, I think, is Mental Health Awareness Week, and um, I know everybody's talking about mental health. But hopefully that will lead to some things like, I really hope that men start to change. I hope that more and more men start to talk about their feelings. Um, because, uh, well, I'll talk about that later. I spent some time with someone who was so anxious that um, my heart hurt for him. It was hard to relax when I was with him. He wouldn't even look at me in the eyes. I was sad. Um, I hate anxiety. Anyways, so, okay, so I'm going to start off. I'm going to try to be, stick to this agenda for a bit. Self-care. Um, first of all, I take all my, I have to take my vitamins. B12 is super important. A, I'm vegetarian, um, and I need B12, um, but it helps with your mood. It gives you energy as well. Um, and I take my medication faithfully. If you miss one day of a pill or two, that's okay, but don't miss your meds. Um, it's important. People don't seem to take it seriously. Um, and if they're working, stay on them. If you're feeling good, it's because your medication is working. So don't stop taking them. And if you're taking your medication and you're feeling dizzy or weird or suicidal or depressed or more anxious then you have to go see your doctor because that med's not working it takes sometimes it takes a really long time to find the right cocktail if you will um but before you do the med medication thing um you know go for counseling um that's what i did first and did for years and years and years um so yeah, I went for counseling, saw a psychiatrist, they diagnosed me, they told me what pills to take, started off with Zoloft, moved on to oh, Zoloft to Effexor, which was horrible because my psychiatrist took me off Zoloft without weaning me and um, then put me on Effexor right away. It was horrible. I thought I was pregnant. I couldn't, I was vomiting, I, I guess I was going through withdrawal. 
Um, anyways, so that was fun. So no more effects are for me. And then they put me on Prozac. And then I was on Prozac for a good 10 years, even when I was pregnant. It was apparently safe to take. And so far, so good. Um, Jagger, my Jagger doesn't seem too damaged. <laughs> Not uh, from that. Anyways, um, so after Prozac stopped working, because they usually do stop working after a while, your medication. Um, I was then put on, I take citalopram, um, and I take, uh, Wellbutrin, which is to help you quit smoking, but it's also a, a antidepressant, anti-anxiety mood stabilizer. One of those three, or two of those three, um, uh, and I take, uh, whatchamacallit, the good old Kalani, clonazepam. 0.5 two times a day um and that's the one people are the most concerned about because it's addictive and to you i say this i don't fucking care i don't care i need it it helps me breathe it helps me live it helps me exist when sometimes i feel like i'm gonna choke and die or just combust um I, I don't, if I'm a little bit addicted, if I'm addicted to that for like another, I don't care. It's my medication. If somebody has fucking diabetes or something, a disease, another disease, and they have to take a certain medication every day for the rest of their life, I don't think people question it, but I know that the question, the problem is, is that they'll have to go higher and higher, but that hasn't been the case. I've been taking I was taking three and after and then I went down to two and I've been down to two for a few years now and I'm content with that um, uh, maybe one day I could go down to one but the mornings are still like the mornings are just really bad I wake up and I'm instantly anxious and waves of nausea and um, heat and heart racing uh, it happens to me it makes me feel really sick anyways so take your damn meds see your doctor um, eat healthy easier said than done because when you're depressed or anxious because anxiety and depression are, are best friends they go every well for me they are they're lovers um, they go hand in hand usually usually I'm like I get really, really anxious and then um, start to feel bad. Um, okay, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the tools. Um, so eat healthy. Try to get um, some vegetables, some fruit into your diet. Um, less, like fast food is just bad. It's just bad. Um, get regular exercise somehow. Um, if you're anxious, use that anxiety for exercise because you're going to feel really good. Um, I know I do. Um, and if you are too anxious to go out and exercise, um, be around people, then do something in your house. Like turn the radio on and dance or vacuum or sweep or wash the windows or do something to get you moving for a good amount of time because you have to stay active. Um, you know, push yourself. Don't push yourself too far. Know your limits, but 
just put your push yourself a little bit beyond your comfort zone when you're anxious just push yourself that little extra bit because you don't want to also enable your anxiety to rule your life you know you have to take care of yourself but you also have to kind of push yourself at the same time um I know that after Craig died I went and I did uh I participated in mindfulness classes and uh it was really good it was I found it really 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 good it was hard for me to slow down my brain and to not think and uh I usually fell asleep in the class and would start talking in my sleep. <laughs> but it did make me feel really good. It, I felt a totally, like total, my, my body felt completely relaxed. So I suggest mindfulness to a lot of people, especially before we start meds, you know, before you start all that stuff. Just try everything else. But if you don't know what mindfulness is, just Google it. There's probably classes in your community somewhere. Um, I know there is in St. Catharines. Time to drink the vino. Okay, so. Um, get good counseling. Um, if you can't afford it, maybe your, your work has an employee plan. Um, another thing is, is uh, this sounds foolish. But um, don't call yourself names. Uh, I used to call myself a loser, like I think probably a hundred times a day without even thinking about it. Um, loser, stupid, whatever, you fucking idiot. Um, just like the worst things that you could say to a person, I would say to myself. And I did for years and years and years. And not looking for sympathy, it was just that's just the way it was. Um, I think the nurturing support I got as a child has something to do with that. So I had this constant reel of crap going through my head, you know, putting myself down, da da da. So, um, so no name calling. Uh, like if you, I'm not even allowed to use the word loser. I try not to say it because it's such a powerful word to me. Um, and also my therapist for, I haven't seen her in like a year. Ruth, you special woman. Um, best counseling I've had. Abma in Niagara Falls. Anyways, um, no name calling. If you wouldn't say, like, I would never dream of calling somebody a loser to their face. Not even behind their back. It's horrible. Um, but just think about it when you instinctively call yourself names. Um, oh, let me go back. Ruth. Ruth was firm and told me that if I didn't stop calling myself names, that I was never going to change and that things would always be the same. And I don't want that. I didn't want that. Um, so I try not to use the L word. <laughs> um, Occasionally, I'll catch myself putting myself down, but then I just have to do a lot of self-talk. It's like, uh, it, honestly, it's like ping, playing ping pong. Like the devil's my anxiety on one shoulder, and I want to say, and then there's like angel, 
on the other. And I have to battle, battle it out. Remind myself that uh, because when you're anxious, it often makes you selfish. That's what I, I, Craig one time told me in the early, early days that my anxiety made me selfish. And I didn't understand because I'm not selfish. Um, but my behavior did make me selfish in that if I walked past somebody and they looked unhappy, I would think it was because of me. If I was walking by a group of people who happened to be laughing, well, they had to be laughing at me. Um, if I was talking to a friend or, I don't know, a colleague and they had a pained look on their face when I was talking to them, I would assume the worst. I would assume it was something to do with me. But meanwhile, they could be holding in a fart or have a really bad stomach ache. Um, like everybody's got their own shit. Not everybody's thinking about me or what I'm wearing or what I look like. And it just makes you selfish that way. You think that everything is about you that way. Um, not like you're great, but that, that everybody, you must've done something wrong. I remember one time when my brother was down for New Year's Eve, he was already very, very mentally ill. And um, Craig was already starting to get sick and we were living in a old friend's house. We were living in her basement until we could save money to get a house. And uh, whatever, she was gone to Jamaica, so we had the whole house to herself. And Craig was sick, so he went and laid down upstairs in her room because he had a migraine. And my brother went upstairs and woke him up and asked him if he caused Craig's headache so that's an example of how anxiety can make you selfish like look selfish or how it applies to being selfish um I also in a relationship like if you're in married or you're in a romantic relationship of some sort or um, even just with people you really trust, just ask them. Like, I would hate to ask it, but I would feel, sometimes I would just randomly feel anxious because that's just the way it goes. I can't help it. Like, I'll be fine, fine, fine. And then I would feel anxious. And sometimes, if you know, if Craig's energy was off, especially, you know, I can't count the time that he was sick, but let's say in the old days when he was healthier, if his energy was weird, um, I would just have to check in. Like, even though I knew it wasn't me, I would say, no, it's not me, but I got to ask you because I'm feeling paranoid. Um, is everything okay? You didn't do anything wrong, but um, I'm having a weird moment. And he would just, you know, be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just tired. Or, or actually, yeah, you were a douche. <laughs> Whatever it was, we would talk about it. He would reassure me or let me know how he's really feeling. Um, I, this isn't an issue for me. Oh no, I think it is. Limit screen time and phone time. I, I have a problem with the phone. If I put the phone down and walk around, no, if I put the phone down, get away from it, I do things. Um, I'll just put music on and leave it. Um, it's better, less screen time, 
um, less sitting around, just get up and do stuff. Um, talking on the phone is good. Um, another thing is try to keep things in order. I need to, I am still experiencing a learning curve in this department. My house is okay, but my bills and stuff, I need to, I need to organize that. Um, the more organized we are, the less anxious we are. Um, you know, try to make your bed on the weekend or your days off. Um, you don't have to be a neat freak, but just try your best to do something. If you're feeling really depressed because of the anxiety, you don't feel like doing anything, that's okay if it's like one day. But if you feel it bleeding into the next day, um, force yourself to have a shower and brush your teeth, brush your hair, get dressed. Um, I don't know. Start with that. Just try to do something. Um, be with people who make you feel good. If you, if you feel like, you know, if there's certain people who trigger you, you might like them. You might love them, but you might just naturally get anxious around them easily during those times, your vulnerable times. Just just hang with people you feel safe with. Say no to things you don't want to do. Um, that might be triggers uh, for like a panic attack or whatever. And um, yeah, don't just be with people who make you feel good. Don't be with people... Also, try to surround yourself with people who listen to you when you talk and not give you advice unless you ask for the advice. I know sometimes I just want to talk to people and I know people want to problem solve. They feel like the need to fix my problems when I'm telling them about it because they care. But really the best thing you can do is just shut up and listen um, because I already know a lot of things that people are saying and I get professional help. I'll, if I want professional help or advice, I'll ask for it. Um, and it sometimes is agitating and it makes you want to shut down and not tell anybody or tell that person anything. So if you want to be part of somebody's coping team with their anxiety, just listen and and tell them, like, if do you want my opinion? Or ask them, I mean, and uh, then go from there. Don't Just don't tell them what you think because uh, one day they're going to snap and tell you what they think. <laughs> and it won't be as polite. Um, so yeah, remember that um, everybody's fighting their own battles. When you walk around and you're feeling low or anxious and like horrible about yourself in your life, just remember, doesn't you're not, you, you might feel alone, and you are alone and you're suffering in that moment, in that time, in your head. But in the big picture, <laughs> there's so many of us. Everybody has their own battles. So just remember that. Um, and be nice. If you're nice, uh, it, it spreads and it makes a big difference. So just because you're feeling unhappy or anxious or miserable, you can still... You can still try to be a good person you know um other things this i'm not even gonna have, that's a stupid one i'm not even gonna say it oh get proper sleep sleeping is important it's important i'm i'm not <laughs> i don't practice this but i'm gonna say it limit your caffeine intake <laughs> 
and the, like that's one that I'm totally bad with um all over the place that one I'm really bad um so yeah that's some uh, self-care tips um I'll just say this quickly uh, also because it's mental health awareness week next week um for those of you who are listening who suffer from chronic pain um, when Craig was so disabled that he realized he was never gonna work again and he was never gonna drive again or probably have sex again or walk again walk like normal um, he became really depressed and uh, he really felt like dying. He was, he was suicidal. So uh, he figured if I'm just going to be awake in this bed, I, I, I got to feel better mentally because he was just rotting away. So he began electric shock therapy at the St. Catharines General Hospital. And uh, the staff there was wicked. They were wonderful. The nurses, the doctors. Um, I didn't get to go because I always had to work. His parents always took him. But they were very supportive and uh, it was really helped him out basically in a nutshell um, I believe they put like they started the, he goes in he would go in early like at 6 30 or 7 in the morning and they would put him out <laughs> he loved that part and um, and then they would induce uh, like they would you know, give him shocks uh, for about as long as it took for him to have a seizure. And as soon as he would start to seize, um, then they would stop. And uh, I can't remember how long they would let it go for. Um, I can't remember. One or two minutes, and then he would seize sometimes. Um, only one time did he have some weird heart activity brain activity I can't remember um but uh, he'd come back and he'd just be really depleted and that's probably because of his physical illness so um I am but my he did feel better even though physically his last year of life his body was horrible his mind was better than it was years previously we got to do things the last year of his life that we didn't get to do like he came down on Christmas morning for a couple hours um, you know he was out on the patio more our last summer um, which is so weird because he died so soon after the summer but yeah um, it did improve the quality of his life so I mean I'm not saying go get ECT therapy people but I'm just letting people know that it's not like it it was like it it's nothing like you think they're, you're not, you know, tied down. Um, it really helped him. So Google it if uh, you know somebody who's that sick and nothing's working for you. I would say if my meds weren't working and mm -hmm. I was living with madness and nothing was working, I would definitely want electric shock therapy. <laughs> I would definitely, if I, if, if I had to do what it takes to live without killing myself, then I would do ECT therapy for sure. But that's not the case. Um, okay, so 
birth. Hold on. So, today's May 3rd. In five days, it'll be nine years. Five days? Six days. Five days. It'll be five days that my brother died. And um, I've mentioned it before that my brother, Adam Michael Oshesky, born in Niagara Falls, 1974, died in Vancouver, 2010. Um, he jumped off the Burrard Street Bridge. He was aiming for the water, but he didn't hit it. He had his prescription bottle tied around his wrist so that he could be identified. He had taken off his knapsack. He had taken off his glasses, put his glasses in his knapsack, put his knapsack down, and then he ran. Um, people tried to stop him, but they couldn't. And uh, then the people on the bottom tried to revive him, but he died on impact. Um, so on May 8th, I went to work, and I was working on a Saturday, which was unusual. I supported this Italian woman in Welland. Um, her mom was like 90 and the, her, she herself had a developmental disability and she was in her mid to late 50s at that point in time so I was like, I don't know, doing laundry in the basement I don't know why I'm talking oh, it's because at that point in time he died that's why, who cares I worked on Saturday, came home I was making dinner our friend at the time, who is no longer our friend I think I called her Minerva Minerva was here with her kids and I was making dinner and I was smoking weed and we were smoking weed, all of us. And um, then Minerva comes running into the kitchen and she had a look of panic on her already pale blue face. Um, oh, sorry, pale white face, blue lips. Um, but she did look upset. Like Minerva loved me. She's just really, well, she used to love me. But... Um, she just has her own issues. Anyways, she came in the kitchen and she said, Lisa, there's a police, there's a cop at the door. There's a PDs. There's a cop at the door and he wants to talk to you. And I started to panic. I thought maybe somebody saw me <laughs> smoke a joint somewhere and I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> it's so stupid and silly. I'm not, but the thought was just crazy at the time because it ended up being so much worse. So I go to the front door, and I go on the front porch, and uh, Minerva takes the kids in the back, just in case, because it's scary, and uh, Craig came with me to the front door, and the uh, cop, I was on the front porch, and he's like, are you, are you Lisa, my last name? <laughs> and I said, yes, and he said, is your brother Adam Oshesky? Mm -mm. And I was like, yes. And then he's like, um, can we sit down? So I'm still not, not getting it. I'm thinking Adam did something. He's in jail again. Cause he got put in jail before. He got, he used to get picked up by the cops all the time. Um, so I thought maybe he was picked up for sleeping somewhere or I don't know. He put, he, he used to shit in a bag and then leave it at somebody's door if he didn't like them. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so gross. <laughs> Sick. Oh. He got evicted for doing that. Um, anyway, so the cop came. Can you sit down? And then he said, 
your brothers fell. He suffered from a fall. And he didn't, unfortunately, he didn't survive the injuries. And at that moment, I, was, I feel so bad about this moment. There's two things about this moment. Adam was like, it felt like somebody cut something off of me. Um, I really loved my brother. I tried to protect him and take care of him. And I was an asshole when we were in high school. But I beat the shit out of kids in elementary school when they would pick on him. I remember I beat up a couple of guys <laughs> in elementary school because they were bullying my brother. Fucking hated it. It was because he had glasses and he was always uh, introvert and serious. His life was never good. At home it wasn't good because of the abuse he suffered at the hands of my dad and the neglect because of my mom. She let him do it. And then she would cry victim. So whatever, he got it at home, he got it at school, and then uh, then he did a lot of, like we're predisposed to mental illness in my family um, on both sides, whether they want to accept it or not, it's fucking true. Um, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody who's listening, I'm just saying it is, it's true. Um, and then he took a lot of acid and he was smoking tons of weed and I love weed but it can make you it can I was lucky it didn't trigger anything in my brain but it sure did something to his but he also did tons and tons of acid so I think it was probably more acid than weed and he drank a lot um, and his poor brain he was just so confused and paranoid um, so I'm not going to talk about Adam's stories. I was going to tell one story, but so he had bought a, well, I had to go tell my, I had to go tell, uh, my parents, Paco and, uh, Zora, because the cops came to tell me because whenever Adam was missing, I would call the police station in Vancouver or Victoria or wherever he was living and give them my name and tell them if they find somebody named Adam Oshesky to call me in case anything happens. So <clears throat> they did. So then um, Minerva takes the kids out for the, they're gone. I don't even know. I just, that's when I started smoking that day. Like I was a social, social social smoker uh, with nicotine and then found out about Adam we got the smoke set on the kitchen table the kids were gone and we were making a plan um, so we decided we gotta go tell my parents and uh, oh fuck this is a story oh my god long Inhale. Exhale. It's a doozy, so a doozy of a story. So I walk, oh, that's right, it's Mother's Day weekend. <coughs> and my <clears throat> parents canceled on me again. I invited them over. I was going to cook. 
they no want to see me. Um, so uh, I was pissed off at her, and then I found out that he died, and then I had to go over there and tell them that he was dead. And at this point, she hates him. She's like, like a week or two before. Now nah, I'm not going to get into that. Um, I'll be another story. Um, so I walk in the door, the front door, and I look across the living room, dining room, right into their back room, and I can see her. And she's got a shit face on her because she looked at me, and I think I just bring that out in her and him. Uh, but I didn't feel, I didn't really care what she was looking at me like. I was just thinking, I can't fucking believe I gotta tell her this. Um, because even though she was a huge asshole to me, I loved her a lot, and I would have done anything for her. Um, I would have. I stood by her for 30 fucking, uh, 37 years. And, uh, I, I, so back to the point, as I was very devoted and dedicated and protective of my mom, and even my douchebag dad at this point in time, so... Craig goes into my dad's room. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, but I go straight to her, and she looks at me, and I was putting my stuff down because I brought some bags. I knew I was going to stay there. And uh, I put my bags down, and I just looked at her, and I was coming towards her, and she just was, like, sitting on the couch, and she's always picking her nails because she's so anxious, and she's so unhappy, and she always has been. Um, but doesn't do anything about it. I don't know. I can't, you can't, you can fucking bring the person. You can tell somebody what to do, but it's up to them to do it. Let's go back to Adam. So, um, she's like, what happened? It's Adam, right? And I was like, yes. And then she said, he died. He's dead. And I said, yes. And she just like collapsed in my arms and, uh, so, while I was dealing with her, uh, Craig went into my dad's room. <laughs> now, <laughs> my father is 75% deaf, if not more. He was very, he's very deaf. Like when the phone rings, <laughs> the first time Craig slept over and the phone rang at their house, <laughs> I thought he was going to shit his pants. It's like the fire station. It's like alarms would go off. <laughs> I, it, it was so loud and so alarming. And he had, you know, he's supposed to wear two hearing aids and he really can't hear um, at all. So we're very much a lot of family misunderstandings which was really awesome. It just added more fucking fun to our life. Um, anyways, so Craig goes in and, uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, stand, stand sleeping. Ah! Um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Paco's sleeping. And, uh, Craig goes up to Paco and he, like, he's trying to wake the bear gently. He's got to tell him this horrible, devastating news. So he's like, Paco, wake up. Paco, Mary, Ugh. Paco, Zora needs to see you. Uh, 
Zora and Lisa have something to tell you and um, Paco wouldn't listen. Um, he's like, Paco, you, you have to get up. Uh, Lisa and Zora need to see you and he and Paco refused to get up. He was like, why? Why? What's going on? And Craig kept saying, I think you should go see Zora and Lisa, Paco. Um, something has happened and Paco still wouldn't go. So I don't know if any of you guys saw the episode of Roseanne years ago when Jackie had to tell her aunt that her dad died and um, it was kind of like this. So, uh, so Craig's like, Paco, Zora needs to see you. And he's yelling and Paco's like, why? Uh, just tell me. So Craig goes, Adam died. And uh, Paco goes, what? And Craig's like, Adam's dead. And Paco still didn't hear. And uh, I think Craig had to yell, Adam's dead, like about five more times. And I would imitate it now and make it funnier. But uh, my son's in the other room and I'm a little bit self-conscious. So yeah, it was funny after when Craig told me about it. Um, and then we all got we all came together in the dining room and <laughs> my brother's ex-wife, long story, left him money. And within five minutes of finding out that he was dead, they were both wondering what should we do with his money. I couldn't even fucking think about his money. I was thinking about my brother on a sidewalk or on a road, or in a, it's a fucking parking lot. I couldn't even believe that they were wondering what they were gonna do with the money. It made me so sick. But I didn't know that Zora was asking about the money. Um, Craig said within five minutes of me telling her that she was asking about the money. And he didn't tell me that until we broke up. So that's good because I would have just about barfed in her face. So, um, my brother died with no money. He had lots of money, but he didn't have control over any of it. And, um, he had over $50,000 and, uh, he died with, I got his knapsack mailed to me from the police station, which was like his house, which was like his body for me. It didn't really become real until I got the knapsack. I could smell him. And then I saw his glasses, and that's a part of his face. Ugh. And then I had to go to work. At the, it was like an independent living situation, and it was, it was fucking horrible. But, yeah, his little glasses are in there. His precious little face used to hold them. Um, no money in his wallet. No water in his water bottle, no coke in his bottle, no cigarettes, no weed for his papers. I found some meds, I found prescript, like, uh, little recipes he had to, like, get really fucked up or try to kill himself. I found his drug dealer's phone number, because he was addicted to Zopaclone. Um, it's like a sleeping pill it's also so clone also has a different name 
But anyways, Zoba Clone had my brother by the balls. He was afraid to leave Vancouver because he thought he couldn't get another dealer who, who would sell it to him anywhere else. He would take it, I think, every 15 minutes. A quarter of a pill. He would break it up. It was pretty bad. Um, so... I'm so sorry that my brother's life was so shitty. Oh, my son. I can hear my son. I'm hoping he doesn't come out right now. Um, when I was young, I never thought I would, would live a life without my brother. But once I got married, I had a feeling that he would only be a story that I would tell my, my kids about. Like, Jagger can barely remember him. Luckily they met. Luckily he got to come here. Luckily he got to know Craig and he liked Craig. Craig loved him. Um, anyways... That's uh, what happened to my brother. He couldn't take it anymore. It's weird. He bought a, he bought a bus, no, 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 a uh, subway or bus pass on the first of May, and then he died on May eighth. They found job application. So, um, I used to think the worst. I used to think that he died angry, like angry with me, angry with them, angry with life, because, um, my father gave him shit, gave Adam shit, because he asked me for some money, because he didn't have any, but he was given a small allowance from his own fund from my parents, and he wasn't good at budgeting, because he had a mental illness, so he would blow through his money. You know, and also it was fucking Vancouver. It's expensive. He was on um, welfare, and they only gave him seven hundred dollars a month. Um, Paco and Sora. And then he called me in February, twenty ten, and this is when Craig was super sick. It was just getting really bad, and he wasn't working, and I was already working two jobs at this point. And my brother called me and asked me if he could borrow some money, and. I, 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 like I, I did lend him money, but I had I had fifty dollars in my account, so I sent it to him, like I had fifty five, and I sent him fifty, um, with Craig's permission, of course, um, and then I was telling my mother later that I felt bad that I didn't have more to give him, and then she went and told fucking Paco about it. And because Paco's like a rabid Tasmanian devil, he starts frothing at the mouth and pacing and freaking out about what an asshole my brother is for borrowing money from me. And so my unsuspecting, vulnerable, somewhat innocent brother calls there and that fucker father of mine cut his allowance back, his allowance, his money back, $100 extra a month off. So he's now only going to get $600. And 
And then the last thing my brother heard about me came from my fucking father. And he, Paco was giving my brother shit for asking me for money. I didn't want him to feel bad about it at all. I only was I only said anything about the money because I felt bad that I couldn't give him more. But those two fuckers turned it into something negative, negative and horrible and threw it in his face like acid. So that was in March, okay? So he asked me for money in February. They didn't hear from him again after March because they, they, that was the last conversation they had. And then he died with nothing in his wallet. So I, hey, I'm way, I don't like them. <laughs> Anyways, Adam. Oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, he just had a horrible life. Fuck it. Um, I miss him. He was funny. He was popular among his friends. He was gross. Um, <laughs> I he had so many different personalities in different stages of his life. Um, but his spirit was crushed long before he was eighteen. Um. And I'm glad that he's not living the life that he was living anymore. I miss having a brother, but I don't miss worrying about him. Worrying about him being dead in a ditch or beat up or in fucking jail. Um, it was horrible. Um, so, um, <laughs> I'm going to switch gears now. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about my favorite for comedians. <laughs> There's no no smooth way to get away from the suicide shit, but I guess there is some connection. Because um like Theo Vaughn he has a podcast and he's so deep and he's had pain and addiction and he's so funny and wonderful and I appreciate I I just appreciate those people who make me laugh so much because it's like the greatest gift it keeps me going it makes me feel alive and better and it makes me feel like getting out of my bed on off of my ass and uh, do something and um, who else Bert Kreischer <laughs> If you Google Burt Kreischer, if you don't know who he is, he's a really funny comedian. He always takes off his shirt, and he did a promotion for... He was touring in Australia, and he had his shirt off, and he has this huge belly, and he was wearing a Speedo, and he was rollerblading with, like, a hundred people behind him, also rollerblading. It was so good. Um, I also love Fighter and the Kid. I like uh, Brian Callen and uh, Brendan... Uh, Schwab, I think that's his name, a lot. Um, but I like them when they have uh, Christ Christalino, as Andrew Santino says. 
Andrew Santino refuses to call Cristalia Cristalia. He calls him Chris Delano. And I love it. Um, but I like Whiskey Ginger. I love Andrew Santino. I think he's wicked funny. Um, and I like him when he's with Theo. <laughs> when Theo Vaughn and Andrew uh, go on to uh, fight her in the kid. <laughs> It just makes me happy thinking about it. Um, and of course, always uh, Bobby Lee. Um, but Bobby Lee brought me to these other people. So, um, because I started with Tiger Belly, and uh, Tiger Belly was so great. And there was a new guy that I. Fuck! There was a new comedian that I loved. And he's, he's not new, he's been around forever. But he's got a new special on Netflix, and he used to go out with Amy Schumer, and Google, he was on Joe Rogan the other day. Let's see. Rogan. Because this guy is fucking funny. He's... Fuck off. Whatever. I'll have to tell you about him another day, because I don't have the, the patience for this. So it's Friday. Nope. Yep. It's still Friday. Um, that's it. That's all. I got nothing else. I'm probably going to do another podcast tomorrow um, with my friend. Oh! Oh, that's not it. Okay, definitely if you're not interested in hearing about sex and me, just shut it off right now. Go away. Time to click off. You're not going to miss anything after this. Okay, goodbye. Alright, for those of you who have remained, I'm going to say this. And then I'm, I'm going to get off because I don't know what else to say. But last Saturday night or Sunday early morning, I finally, like, I'm 46 and I had sex for the first time in my 40s. Mazel tov to me.